Happy holidays, and you're listening to Here's Home Base Podcast, Episode 9. Welcome into another episode. This is Rich. This is Rob. This is Mark. All right, boys. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You know what I got for Christmas? My voice back. Oh, yeah. So what's been going on, fellas? Doing a lot of Christmas shopping, Christmas parties, what? I had my end-of-year work Christmas party um, on Friday, and I will tell you, it's my favorite part of the year. Uh, Every year, I work for a luxury brand company, and we close for two weeks during the Christmas holiday, and we have a party at a beautiful, like, restaurant here in New York City. It was a Mediterranean restaurant, and it was a beautiful venue, and we would go downstairs for a uh, cocktail hour, and then we go upstairs for the main dinner, and dinner was great, and it's just great to see people from different departments that you don't always see, and we just talked and laughed and hung out and made plans to hang out with each other over break, and I actually, every year, we do a raffle, and there's like a entry-level gift, a medium-sized gift, and the big grand prize. Well, the... CFO of our company is the one who dishes them out, who gives them out, who calls the name for the raffles. And the, so he called one guy for the entry level gift. And then the CFO goes, okay, everybody, this next one has the same name as me. Uh-oh. It's, it's in New York because we have two different locations. He spells it differently than me. He spells it with a C. Oh, shit. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Mazik. I was like, oh, my God. I had to stand up in front of everybody, the entire restaurant. I started crying. People were patting me on the way to go. I was crying. Like you got, come on down, on the next back. contestant on Prices, Right. Yes, I started crying. The head of my HR department, she started crying. She's like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> she hugged me. And I want an Apple TV. No shit. Nice. Wow. Yeah, I want an Apple TV. So I walked back to my seat. I was crying. I was like, everybody was patting. They're like, we're so happy for you. Because everybody in my location, nobody ever wins. So I was the first person to win. And so I want an Apple TV. They gave me the cord and everything to um, hook it up with. And one of my IT guys, he's like, I'm like, could you come over and help me? He, He actually, two of the IT guys, Whenever New York Comic Con happens, I always give them my credit card because you know we have to win online. And for years, we would I would give them my credit card and they would go online and buy the ticket for me because I couldn't have to be at my desk. And so we've actually gone to two comic conventions, the Winter Con and the East Coast Con. So we've hung out before, and so he's going to come over and help me set up my uh, Apple TV. So is Apple nice. TV just like kind of like the uh, Amazon Fire Stick? I think so. They said it's like Roku and like Fire Stick and everything. Because now I watch my Disney Plus on my laptop, but now I can watch it on my television. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So and so I won the medium level gift, and the big grand prize is that five day vacation at any location. There's five locations. It was London, Paris, Madrid, and someplace else. So one person won the big grand prize of a five day locate five day paid vacation to one of those exotic locations. Damn. Yeah. So I, I couldn't believe I want. So I was very excited. So I'm excited for my Apple TV. Well, I work for a uh, high end premium beverage company. <laughs> and uh, we had our holiday party at our facility. And being in management, I served people 
their prime rib and mashed potatoes and mushrooms and all that stuff. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Prime rib, baby. I don't think I can even afford that beverage, man. Huh? <laughs> They did have they did have some drawings. <laughs> they had a couple TVs and some Xboxes and stuff that people with their name in the hat and drew from. But oh, that's know. nice. So what about you, Rob? Um, <clears throat> premium doctor company. Uh, yeah, I work for a uh, local large uh, hospital organization. We'll go there. Um, there's like a uh, hospital wide holiday party. I think last week it was really nice. It was a nice little lunch. Um, really good salad i thought of mark i was like mark be impressed with this nice um, uh yeah like cherries in it and uh walnuts and or pecans it was actually really good um and then my department we actually have our uh, holiday party at my director's well we did it at uh, my director's house last year but we're gonna go to a restaurant but we actually wait until the end of january as things kind of die down and people are back in town so we we usually do that. We'll do like a white elephant, so it's it's a lot of fun. So mine's kind of I've had like one main one, and then I actually went to Becky's um, last Fridays, and that was a lot of fun. So she works for a, a startup, so it's a um, smaller group of folks, but it's a lot more intimate, and it was a lot of fun. So nice. And everybody caught up on their Christmas shopping. I still have a handful of things to get, mainly the gift cards. So, you know, those small things that add up quickly. You're like, how did I just spend $200? I just got, oh, yeah. Right. Like six $25 gift cards. Okay. Um, I don't have anybody to shop for, so I'm all done. Well, I still haven't gotten my uh, my uh, Mark Mazak edition laugh for my ringtone, so. Well, we'll have to set something up so you can get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, Rich and I uh, and our families made the mistake. What was that last weekend? I've tried to put it out of my memory. Decided to go to the mall. Yeah, Um, that was last weekend. That was I chopped that up to the stupidest thing I've done in a long time. Well, it was I mean, I honestly can't remember the last time we were at the mall anywhere close to Christmas. And if it was, it was like early in the morning for Christmas. If anybody tells you that the mall experience is dying they're full of shit at christmas time i mean like a twenty thousand table food court area was 100 percent full and i'm like jesus well forget that this sabaro's pizza slice god damn it really what (laughs) mall did you go to polaris it was it was nuts oh man well and i do think polaris there's two really main malls in central Ohio now. So there's Easton, which has really kind of broadened their shopping to be a little bit more outside. So their shopping mall experience is a little bit more spread out. Uh, whereas Polaris still kind of has some of that traditional um, like mall of the 70s and 80s. Wouldn't you think, Rich? Yeah. So they still got like the anchor stores, even though Sears is gone now. But it was I was really surprised that we couldn't find a place to park. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, man, this is like am I, it's like parking at the horseshoe for a Buckeye game. I'm like, what? What? Like, I can't even get a parking spot by the service road, which is like right <laughs> half a mile away from the store. And it was determined yeah. after the fact, after we sat in traffic and couldn't find a parking spot that uh, we were going to go somewhere else. I'm like, 
just wasted my fucking time. Traffic at Polaris is horrendous. I just got a little bit of anxiety when you said sitting in traffic. I can just only imagine. It can't be as bad as as driving in downtown New York City. (laughs) Come on, man. It's true, but I don't ever drive, so I don't ever experience that. But I um, during my two weeks off, my Christmas break, I plan on visiting the secret stash for during the day, taking the nice. train down there like we did, as about hour and a half train ride on the New Jersey Transit, and I plan on going down there just for a day and just hanging out at the stash and see if uh, taking a tour of the a shared universe podcast studio where. I will work something out so we can record our podcast there and then um, just touring the stash. And there's a few issues that I'll write down that hopefully they have mm-hmm. that I'll pick up. And plus, there's a really good sandwich shop that I hope is still there. It's around the <laughs> corner. I'll go down there, have lunch, visit the stash and come back and just spend the day down there. Nice. Mark, he's always got to have his restaurants. That's right. It's well, right. let's kick off this Christmas episode. Mark, do we have any uh, Facebook feedback and stuff from previous episodes that we need to button up? We do. We From our Watchmen episode, episode who's watching the Watchmen, one of um, somebody we went to high school with who's a dear friend of mine, Antea, she actually responded to the episode, and she actually wrote two comments. She said, excellent episode. I love Watchmen, and I enjoyed hearing you guys talk about it. She then goes on to say that there are too many aspects of the series I love to name them all in the post. Keep Now, keep in mind, I've never heard of The Watchmen until this show came out. I had no backstory, yet the writing, directing, and acting pulled me in. My husband is a fan of the graphic novel and the movie, so he explained to me that this series was more of a spinoff rather than a continuation. I love the rawness and how they were able to create a story that is so relevant and so necessary. I loved all the Easter eggs they left us throughout the series. And the finale has me eager to see what's next. I think this will be one of HBO's greatest hits. I follow a woman who was a film director and writer, and she dissected the finale to perfection. Check her out. And she gave us a link to what this director, writer, director had to say. But that was from Antaeus Guillaume on Facebook. All right. Do you guys have anything else to say about Watchmen since it's wrapped and it's done? Just that it was excellent, and I'm I'm so glad that I watched it. Um, I liked the finale. I thought it did a nice job of making sense of all the gaps. Um, I will say I will probably I'll probably check out season two. Um, I think they left us a a little bit of some you know things to be curious about, as most you know season finales do. So I. Again, I kind of said on our last episode, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with these last like three or four episodes. Um, still, my only critique is I think they waited too long to get that. So I wonder how many fans just kind of said, screw this. So, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it next season. I don't know. I still uh, just piggyback on what I said at the end of or last episode was I, I still give it a three out of five. Um, I still look at the whole body of work after it's been completed and I still think it's in Watchmen and name only. And I think, like you said, Rob, that uh, they waited too long to explain some things. There's still some, where's where's Night Owl? I mean, where's all that stuff? I don't want to have to do extra work and read made-up background stories that writers at HBO put on their website to hear where these characters are and what they've been doing. Um, I still think that uh, they got Rorschach wrong. And uh, overall, I thought it was a very beautiful show, well shot, well acting, and I, it was great. 
and as far as that goes. But as far as Watchmen, nope, doesn't do it for me. So well, and Rich and I were shopping. It was last week. We were in Meyer and we saw, you know, they they republished the uh, the graphic novel again in the book section, and shh, right there on the cover, now an HBO series. I'm like, this what I'm holding in my hand is not an HBO series. So I was like, Ugh, you know. Well, there's some backstory to that, dude, because Alan Moore wants absolutely nothing to do with any kind of movie or any kind of continuation of his work, and he said that. And the whole deal originally, I mean, you could look it up, is once the original gra- the original comics went out of print, him and Dave Gibbons were supposed to be given the rights and essentially the funds and the money earned from anything else. Well, DC never took it out of, it's always being published, it's always being run. The graphic novel is, is still selling to this day because they renew covers of now an HBO series. So now the, the clock ticks back to zero and starts again. So, I mean, Alan Moore's never going to see his royalties for his work. So it's kind of like goes back to that falling out between Alan Moore and DC Comics, and it's just like he wants nothing to do with it. So, like you said, it's, it's not an Alan Moore project. And as far I, I mean, it was set up to be a continuation of the graphic novel and I could see where the, like she said, the Easter eggs were there and I agree. I, I liked a lot of them, but all in all, I, I don't, I, I still, I, I still put it at a three out of five. God damn right. fucking negative asshole. Hey, did you, uh, did you, do we get any emails rich on past episodes? We got one from our buddy Herb who wrote in, I think a couple episodes back. He said, uh, episode four. Sorry. I'm late guys. Guys, Every episode gets better. To Kim, the quitter. You know how people feel about quitters. Smallville was my shit, but I never got around to the Arrow or Flash. Daredevil and Punisher on Netflix were amazing. I stand by Rich and Rob on the order of my favorites. Batman at the top. Poultry of Prey (laughs) at the bottom. (laughs) Just kidding, Mark. Love it. On to the next one so I can give more late response emails. P.S. Quitter Kim sounds like a new hero's home base villain, maybe a repeat offender. <laughs> All right, thanks, I love Herb. reading. I love uh, thanks, Herb. I love hearing for the emails. We love the feedback. Keep them coming. Yep, Absolutely. So, what's and our what's our agenda for episode nine, boys? So, um, <clears throat> Rich, you and I were we were just uh, collecting what was it? Um, food pantry donations, and we stopped at Starbucks, and we're like, you know. We got to talking about what is your favorite like comic Christmas story. And, you know, we both kind of really couldn't think of one in particular. Um, so I, I kind of said, well, why don't we kind of look into and do some research on some popular ones? Um, maybe some we haven't read, maybe some we have. Um, but we definitely did some uh, asking around. And I think what we can start with is um, we got one from um, – Gib Bickle, who is the uh, the man in charge at the Laughing Ogre here in Columbus, uh, we're hoping to get an interview with him on the show pretty soon. Um, Absolutely, I would say he single handedly kept us uh, loving comics throughout middle school and high school. Um, he said uh, via Facebook, uh, "Uncanny X Men number one forty three, it's just a setting, um, but Kitty versus a Xenomorph." So 
Mark, as the Marvel person, you would probably know what that means better. Than I, I know exactly what issue he's talking about. As soon as he said it, as soon as you said the number, I know exactly what you were talking about. What what's so, the deal? I, it's actually not. I've I, it's been years since I've read it because it's not actually my favorite book. Um, because I didn't like the artwork and I didn't like the story. The story is just kind of silly. It's just like this giant issue of, um, it's just an issue with Kitty Pride holding a flashlight and the xenomorph is behind her. And it's kind of like, a, it's kind of a sillier issue, I thought. Like, it's just not, you know, and she has to fight this villain. I, I, I barely remember it because I just was not interested in it. But that's what the issue is. She just has to fight this villain alone, and it's a Christmas issue, and it's just like kind of. I didn't like the artwork, so I was like, Bleh. "You're very picky, sir." I am. So I actually wanted to go a different route because <clears throat> I honestly couldn't think of a, a favorite Christmas story that I had read. So I started doing some research around um, a particular story that I have not read and and would give myself the chance to kind of read it and see what I think. I looked into Lee Bermejo. So obviously he's the uh, artist who did uh, Batman Damned as well as other various works. Um, Just a phenomenal artist by, I mean, the thing that catches my eye on stuff is just his shadow work. It's Mm -hmm. just amazing. Um, But he actually wrote uh, Batman Noel I uh, believe it was back in 2011. So it was like right in the middle of when kind of when you and me stopped collecting, Rich. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a one shot. Um, so I started doing some research, seeing if anybody would have a copy of this because it looked like something I would really like to have in my hand. But unfortunately, due to um, pretty much his work is quite popular now, um, I had to get this on Kindle, which is fine, but I much rather smell the paper and hold the book in my hand, and I wasn't able to do that on this one. But um, So pretty much the premise is um, Lee actually does a Christmas story as kind of the backdrop of this, of this tale, and I love um, Scrooge. I think that story is really good. Charles think, Dickens? Yes. Um, I think that I, I always remember... <laughs> Believe it or not, like the Disney version is one of my favorites, uh, probably because we just grew up with those characters. But um, I really like that story. So this caught my eye. And kind of the general gist is, is that Batman is Scrooge in this in this story. And it's coming from the narrator is Bob Cratchit, who is a father that is struggling, obviously, kind of like the Dickens tale. Um, to kind of take care of his son. And um, it really kind of follows Batman around as this person who just doesn't see the light in the world anymore. And it is having a hard time really um, seeing the humanity in Gotham city. The panels are amazing. I just, I love how he does a lot of, um, you know, the, the page is has a dominant image and then he's got some, really smaller cuts into the page. It's actually phenomenal. The story is Joker has gotten out of Arkham. Not again. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Always happening. Son of a bitch. Right around the holidays. I got to deal with a fucking Joker. Right. (laughs) So he actually kind of coerces Cratchit into um, picking up some money for him. And Batman kind of follows Cratchit around after he scares the bejesus out of him 
um, because he's like, well, Joker's going to want this money and he's going to come collecting. The tale goes, they kind of look at Batman in the past and they use kind of the backdrop of kind of the 60s kind of feel. Mm-hmm. So kind of the Adam West, Burt Ward, that's what Batman used to be when he was kind of full of life. And there was he saw um, the the brightness and the humanity around him. So kind of paying homage to the 60s show, but then kind of the fallout and, you know, um, Dick Grayson leaving and things like that. Uh, and then the ghosts, um, the ghost of Christmas present is actually Catwoman. And the artwork that he does for Catwoman is just nothing short of just amazing. So they're like um, discussing what's going on um, in the on a rooftop, and there's like neon lights mm-hmm. um, on the rooftop. And the way that he just like artistically shows the reflection of the neon light on mm-hmm. Batman and Catwoman's costumes, it's just amazing. It's it's pretty sweet so she's the ghost of christmas present i'm sorry of christmas past gosh favorite christmas story i'm getting out of order so she's the past superman is actually the present so he actually is kind of like this glowing figure right (laughs) so he's kind of showing um bruce around and kind of takes him to see um cratchit and his son and actually who do you think plays the uh ghost of christmas future the spirit that doesn't say anything any guesses i'm thinking um fuck that man himself who it's the joker oh my god that's the weird he takes him to a uh cemetery and and buries him because he already see he like set a bomb on the batmobile and it like blew up so bruce got thrown back and kind of is like in and out of consciousness and he has like these nightmares while he's like buried in the ground of what could happen and the, the thing on the tombstone says, uh, here lies a bat. He died boring, <laughs> predictable, and nobody loved him. <laughs> That's like scratched onto the headstone. And he kind of breaks out and is able to kind of rescue Cratchit and his son from the Joker, uh, who is obviously, as Batman predicted, has come to collect. Um, but Batman gives Cratchit the opportunity to be kind of the hero because Cratchit manages to get a gun on Joker and um he doesn't kill him so he shows you know he's the bigger man but it was just a really cool take on it was kind of a really cool for me because loving the christmas story and charles dickens just the way he tells that story and then kind of combining that um with batman to kind of create a unique story that respects kind of both of the both of those the essence of both of those kind of stories is is pretty damn cool and then you don't find out that it's actually bob cratchit narrating it until kind of that last panel so i would highly recommend this um for anybody who um likes scrooge and the dickens tale um but is also a comic fan um the artist, the, I mean, I've already said it several times, the artwork is worth the read anyway, uh, but the story is kind of unique, and uh, I was really impressed with uh, where he was able to take that. So, Batman Noel, one-shot, standalone. It's about 100 pages, so highly recommend it. So that's my pick for this Christmas issue. Sweet. Mark, what you got, buddy? I got, you know, it was took me, um, I had to think about it for a second because I, you know, I'm such an Avengers fan, but there are other f- titles that I actually collect and I completely, you know, one of my all time second favorite group 
is X Factor. And it's X Factor, the original first group was consi- consisted of the original X Men Beast, Iceman, Cyclops, Angel, and Marvel Girl. And I love X, X Factor. I love them so much. And what stood out in my mind immediately was issue X Factor, issue number 27, came out April of 1988. And on the cover of it is a giant. Christmas tree on top of the Empire State Building with X Factor huh. and the the kit mutants that they've found to train and they're all sliding down an ice slide created by Iceman. Huh. And in that story, it's such a you know it's a Christmas story, but there's so many different stories going on within that story. Now X Factor, this is right. It happened right after they found out that Jean Grey actually didn't die. And so when they found out she didn't die, that's when they decided to form their own group. And in this book, Marvel Girl goes back to visit her parents because she's been dead for seven years. So she goes back to visit her parents. Um, They find out that the X-Men are dead. During Jean's death, Cyclops went on and married another woman or married a woman and had a child with her. And he finds out that the woman is dead. So he goes to try to find his son. Um, the beat. This is right after New York City, where Apocalypse, they have a, a, um, a battle with Apocalypse and trashes half the city. And the antenna, and you can actually see it here in New York City. There's an antenna on the top of the Empire State Building, and because, due to the battle, the uh, antenna gets knocked off. So Iceman uses his powers to the utmost limit and creates a ginormous Christmas tree on top of the Empire State Building. And this that's X-Factor's gift to New York City. And the X-Factor, their headquarters gets destroyed because of uh, Apocalypse's ship falls on top of it and crushes it. So they have to... Um, I assume that was their, no accident, right? Uh, yeah. And so they're base they're now having to be headquartered inside of apocalypse's ship and all as, as the stories are going on you see the ship repairing itself in certain wow. panels you hear click chain chung chain click and you hear certain mechanisms click inside of and work into each other and the ship is repairing them repairing itself and x factor doesn't even know it and at the end of the story the last panel goes you see Apocalypse and the four horsemen, or the three horsemen, say, ta-da, congratulations, Act Factor. This will be, my ship has repaired itself, and this will be your last Christmas. Like, they have no idea what's going on, but Apocalypse does. And also in this issue, which is really interesting, the Beast, during their battle with Apocalypse, smashes Apocalypse's, Apocalypse, he tricks the Beast into smashing a particular machine. And that machine does something to him where the more he uses his strength, the more he loses his brain power. Because the beast is a genius. Right. And so the more he uses his strength, the more he loses his brain power. So you see in his bubble that his words are sounding like, are very like choppy and he's starting to speak like a less and less with less and less intellect. So that's also interesting. Uh, You see Archangel, who from he goes from angel to becoming archangel. You see him battling his demons and and kind of like tr- he's at this new body now with these new bionic wings. That apocalypse he just came became a horseman of apocalypse and now he's not anymore. And he's just kind of like sifting through that. So that was one that was my Christmas episode. And you see the kids at the runaways that they find. They although they're in the ship. That's not very homey. They try to make it homey and they get a Christmas tree and, you know, the media brings them Christmas presents. So you see them haul the the presents into the ship 
You see them on Christmas Day, the beasts dressing up as Santa and, and giving out the Christmas gift to the kids, trying to make it as Christmassy as possible. And they just talk about how the kids, they were runaways and how, you know, we used to have Christmas out on the street, but now we don't have to have Christmas on the street anymore. We're in this heated place. We have a bed. We have presents. We're safe. So that just kind of like makes it more of an emotional kind of homier book for me. So to see Empire State Building, which I can go to physically in the real world and to kind of imagine Iceman on an adjacent building using his ice power to create a giant Christmas tree was really cool. So that's why it's also, that's what it's one of my favorite Christmas stories. Nice. That kind of that blends nicely with the interview from last episode where Matt was talking about how DC is, you know, more aspirational and Marvel is kind of built into this more realistic. And it's kind of like part of that book that touches you, Mark, is this, I can actually go to these places and, and physically experience that for myself, even though this story is fictional, kind of the realness kind of helps you connect with it in a different way. I like that. Absolutely. And I in the book, it shows where Apocalypse's ship smashed on top of X-Factor's headquarters and their headquarters is located in Tribeca. And the way they, they shot the, the, the way they drew the panel, I can, I know I could stand on the Brooklyn side of New York city and look exactly where that building would be. So I got goosebumps as I was rereading this issue because I haven't read it in a while. I was getting goosebumps because I could stand at Brooklyn Bridge Park and see exactly where that building would be and how it could smash into the East, into the East River. So it's really, really cool. So I, I, I get those kind of sense visuals when I'm reading certain books. Um, what was the first time you read it? Probably 99. Oh, so like right when we started hanging out. Right. A little before. And because I'm a huge team person. So I love X-Factor and I loved the original X-Men. I still love the original X-Men. And I just think that they're such a, you know, talented group. And so the message for X-Factor, because at this time, X-Men is being led by Magneto and, and Charles Xavier isn't around. So they decided to take their principles that they learned from Professor Xavier and form their team X-Factor to bring in mutants and train them to use their powers for good and new, use their powers so that they can fit into normal society. So that's why they created X-Factor. Very cool. I like that. Yeah, so it was, it's one of my, and plus it's, it's all right there on the cover. So it's a very Christmassy issue. What about you, Rich? What you got? Well, I had a couple options i remember jla number 60 twas the fight before christmas and uh it really (laughs) didn't stand up to the test of time um it was kind of like a bedtime story that plastic man was telling to a kid to get him go to sleep about how the justice league gave uh, chris kringle uh, honorary justice league membership status because he helped stop a bad guy so Uh it was it was kind of lame but i got a couple really i chose uh Batman 598 from uh, February 2002. It was by Ed Brubaker. Art was by Scott McDaniel and Andy Owens. And Scott McDaniel is still like his own. He mostly did Nightwing and he did a long run on Batman, but his style is his own. But I don't know. I read, I reread this and it kind of reminded me of what was going on in comics at the time, 2002. So do you remember when Bruce had a girlfriend named Sasha? Yep. Okay. So this whole premise of the, it starts off with Sasha setting up the Christmas tree at Wayne Manor. And she tells Bruce, Oh, I found all this shit in the attic. Like, you know, you think of Wayne Manor. I don't think of a whole bunch of Christmas decorations, but no, 
So she's she's setting up this Christmas tree, and Bruce is just Bruce brooding, and no, I'm not about Christmas and all this other stuff. So you know the bat signal goes off, and come to find out that these people at this hospital were murdered by this guy, this criminal that came in to have a dental procedure done. Basically, the backstory is he's a a Russian delusional psychotic that the guards at Arkham have nicknamed Santa Claus because of his accent. So he wears the Santa Claus suit, and uh, he has this, I guess, this ability to tell if you're good or bad. And he can pinpoint bad things you've done in your life. That's kind of the, the backdrop. So this guy escaped. He pickpocketed a lighter from somebody and used, used the laughing gas and, and, you know, torched the emergency area and beat some people over the head with the, uh, with the gas tank and all this stuff. So he escapes. And he gets some little henchmen like everybody does in Gotham City. And he goes about... Yeah, Gotham up. City's got a great um, job opportunities for 1-800-henchmen. So. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. They go through. Batman's trying to catch this guy. And uh, he, you know, it has... It shows, like, back memories of when him and his dad were decorating the Christmas tree in the manor. So, it still shows, like, some of the things that he liked about Christmas. But he basically told Sasha it was a waste of time. And she's you know left notes for him saying you know you're not going to ruin christmas for me i'm going to decorate the tree you're not going to ruin it it's going to be a good time blah 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 so batman saves the day from the santa claus guy because he's he's been he was passing out uh christmas presents with bombs in it that he's going to detonate he's passing them all out to these quote-unquote bad people that he's identified with his special ability so all in all batman you know defeats him sends him on his way the bomb squad defuses all the bombs and he comes back to the bat cave and sasha's down there which i've totally forgot that she knew his secret identity so she's down there in the bat cave she gives him his christmas present and he's all surprised and shocked by it so then they go upstairs and they watch a christmas carol and that's essentially how the book ends was wasn't she originally his like security guard? Yeah, following bodyguard. like the Bruce Wayne murders or something, and then she ends up becoming a hero, which is pretty much the legacy of anybody gets on the inside of Bruce Wayne. I don't know. My other my other choice was the big giant Superman piece on Earth, Alex Ross book. Oh yeah. So mm. that was Mark's favorite. He. Uh, <laughs> He delivers the Christmas tree, so I was just going to read a couple things from this. Winter's on its way, and New Year's around the corner. Families and friends gather to reaffirm old bonds and remember absent loved ones. Children whisper secret wishes and faith in the infinite forms bring joy to every heart. It's a time when people are most inclined to act with compassion and kindness and perhaps for a brief moment see in each other a fellow soul sharing the same world. I've always been encouraged by the goodwill that infuses that the many celebrations of this season. It makes me feel like sharing too. So Superman's bringing the giant Christmas tree and he says, uh, the tree is a simple gesture, kind of funny and old fashioned, but I've been bringing it for years. And to be honest, I don't think there's anyone who looks forward to it more than me. I fit the tree into place as the crowd cheers deep inside. I'm a kid again. With a swirl of color and flash of light, the holiday season has officially begun. He flies off. I don't know. That's my Christmas stuff. You guys want to cool. rank them? Keeping in this 
yearly tradition of ranking all of our stuff on the show? We'll let you go first this time, Rich. All right, so what was yours? X Factor, what was it, Mark? X Factor? X Factor 27. 27. And I'm going to put Batman 598, Rob's One Shot Noel. Is it just Noel or Batman Noel? Batman Noel. And I won't even include my Superman, you know, honorable mention. There you go. I just wanted to share it. Um, I'm going to go with Batman Noel, number one, and then I'll go with X-Factor 27, and then I'll put my pick, Batman 598. What's your pick, Mark? I'm going to go with this. I'm gonna go with X-Factor 27, only because, like we said, it's like I can actually go to these places and see them, so that's what's special for me. Then I'll do Batman Noel. I did like that story. And then I'll go with your pick, Rich. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with Batman Noel. Uh, X Factor, and then we'll put uh, Batman and Sasha's down at the bottom. It's kind of right, it's a general consensus. Batman 598 is number three across the board. So, <laughs> so I think we need to ask our uh, listeners to kind of uh, get us some feedback, like Gib did, on what their favorite Christmas comic story is. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. There's so many different ones, I'm sure. But uh, we'd just love to hear from you guys. Uh, all right, so, so why don't we do a blast from the past? being what is one of the favorite comic-related Christmas presents you got. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. Nice. I can I can go first since I just, like, just threw this on you guys. So no, I, like uh, I think this probably would have been maybe sophomore, sophomore or junior year because I know we had them by senior year. Um, our parents got us uh, a uh, – got you a Superman wanted me a, a Batman statue. And this thing is uh, about a foot tall, uh, but it's definitely the um, the blue and the gray Batman statue with the cape is what makes it. I actually remember I posed with it in one of my senior pictures. That's why I know I had it before senior year. But I just love this thing. I think it's great. It's followed me around everywhere. I'm looking at it right now in my newly fashioned office. Um, but I've just always loved that. It's kind of like, it was like our, my first statue. Cause I mean, the rest of the stuff we collected, sure, action figures and, and things like that. But this was like the first thing that would actually be considered a statue. And it's actually really cool. So that would be probably one of my favorites from, from, uh, my middle high school years. Mark, what's your favorite? You know, it wasn't, I got comic books. I, I got action figures, but what's really stands out to me was I was about six years old. It was 1990. I was born in Yonkers, New York, and we lived in the Mulford Gardens projects. And this particular Christmas, I remember getting so many action figures. And I remember getting the Channel 6 news van from Ninja Turtles. Ha. And that, that was, I mean, I think I probably screamed my friggin' head off. It's a Nintendo 64. <laughs> I got the Ninja Turtles Channel 6 news van. As a present, and that was my that was my one of my fondest memories. I have another one that's sort of comic, sci-fi, superhero related. Uh, I had to be about nine, and then at this point, I had moved to Columbus, Ohio, and I was really big into Star Trek. Really, and I remember that. Yes. Yeah, you were. You I was, did not know that. What? I was a Trekkie boy. I was yeah. really big into Star Trek, and I got the shuttlecraft from the Star Trek Next Generation. And, ah. and and I got a phaser and a tricorder 
that you can like handheld that you can actually get and you can like clip to your belt and that those are the two of my most favorite Christmas memories. I can I got see you. I cannot believe I forgot that you were a Trekkie, but that show is so you. Like I, I was such I was such a Trekkie. I was such a Trekkie. And I remember I got the tricorder, the phaser, and I had to get batteries in it and it made the whoosh, kind of, you know what I mean? And uh, I remember the shuttlecraft that was so cool. And I remember the back open that I can put in all my action figures. And I just remember getting all the action figures um, from Star Trek. I remember going to Starbase Columbus and trying Starbase. on one of the uniforms. And not being able to afford the costume because it was like 28 bucks at the time, which was like very expensive, but right. I couldn't afford it at the time. So I didn't get one of the uniforms, but those are my two favorite Christmas comic booky ish memories. Oh man. That's good. I love that. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, there's been just, we've been collecting comics and memorabilia for such a long time. I, I really don't know if I can pinpoint one particular one. I remember when Kim got me the, Crisis on Infinite Earth number seven, Death of Supergirl statue. I remember that. Uh, yeah. I, st- I still have that. I love that. Um, I remember when you, Rob, you bought me all the single issues of Crisis. Yep. Um, all 12 issues of that. And um, I think it was another year after that, you bought me all the Kingdom Come figures. Yep. So, I mean, it's just... A lot of really, really great fond memories of Christmas presents that were centered around comics. So if I had to choose one, I mean, shit, two of them are the Crisis and the the Statue. And I don't know, Crisis and Kingdom Come are some of my favorite uh, comic books uh, story arcs of all time. And you it's can like not- the V for Vendetta mask I got you a couple years back. It's okay. You did. You got me the <laughs> Alan Moore V for Vendetta mask and the, <laughs> the graphic novel and... That's just that's another uh, individual book that I want to try to find from Alan Moore, but I don't know, dude. It's I've gotten a lot of really really good stuff around Christmas time, so it's a good it's a good blast from the past to not to really re- have to pick one because they're all so great and they're also iconic to my collection and our collection. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's something else I'd like to hear from our listeners is you know what's kind of their favorite comic book related christmas gift or absolutely be their favorite but like what are some of their top picks so that'd be kind of yeah it'll be nice to go down memory lane and just kind of have to relive those memories of when you first i remember just opening those presents and being so excited to have received those gifts so yeah whatever yours is please be sure to let us know all right well uh this is rich i hope everybody has a very merry christmas and uh, a happy new year we'll be uh, talking to you soon This is Mark. Safe travels to you guys who are listening and who are traveling this holiday season. Safe travels and Happy New Year's to you guys. And this is Rob again. uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Have a good New Year. Um, Would love for you guys to hit us up on Facebook, um, hear us on Base Podcast um, at Gmail if you want to email us, and we'll be happy to read your kind of responses on the show. Uh, Also, if you want to Give us um, some reviews on uh, iTunes as well as Google Podcasts, some of those more popular platforms. Um, be nice to kind of get the word out as we are still kind of in the infancy stages of this podcast, but we'd really appreciate any feedback or uh, comments that you guys want to throw our way. In addition to, you know, what are some of your favorite Christmas and holiday comic book stories and gifts that you've gotten in the past? Or you could even be, what have you given uh, to people in the past? That'd be kind of cool too. Um, so, Again, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. Um, 
with all the other options that you have at your um, disposal on your smartphones and technology. So with that, uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening and supporting this RMR production.